0: Here's a collection of five different creepy creepypastas I've done in the past, all in one place, for easy listening. I hope you enjoy. This video may contain offensive language, or be frightening to some viewers. Viewer discretion is recommended The thing in the yard My friend Anna called me and asked if I could take over a babysitting job for her Anna had the lead in a school play and she had to go to dress rehearsal I can't babysit, she moaned into the phone They'll give my part away if I skip rehearsal Anna and I both knew that the theatre teacher, Mr. Olson, wouldn't actually give her part to someone else if she missed rehearsal Anna was just overly dramatic about everything Her dream was to go to a nearby college that was well known for its TV and radio programs The college had it's own TV station, and Anna was convinced that if she could get a part in one of them, she'd be discovered by a big Hollywood agent I had never met the family that Anna was supposed to be babysitting for, but I agreed to take the job You owe me big time, I told her, as she gave me the name, address, and phone number the Callahan's were new in town They had a formal event to go to And they needed someone to watch their 7 year old daughter, Emma, for a few hours They were willing to pay me $50 And they promised to be home before midnight Emma was a sweet little girl She had curly blonde hair, and big blue eyes She was just learning to read And After her parents left for the night, she settled in on the couch with a Junie B. Jones book Emma was very adamant that I not help her in any way Mummy says I have to sound it out. She said matter-of-factly After finishing the book I put Emma to bed and then went back downstairs to watch TV. I found a nature documentary about Mia cats, Hey, it's either Mia Katz or Kardashians and I started to watch I was only 15 minutes in when the TV suddenly lost its signal the screen filled with white static I was flipping confusedly through the channels when Emma came into the room dragging along her blankie There's a monster outside my room, she said in a small, shaky voice Her face was pale and I noticed that she was shivering I turned and glanced out the window behind me The waning moon was half hidden by clouds But it was still light enough for me to see the backyard the Callahan's backyard was large and bordered by a thickly wooded area. A knee high stone fence separated the yard from the woods. There was a small plastic playhouse in the centre of the yard. Something was standing next to it. It stood on two legs, like a person, but seemed too tall and gangly It's legs were abnormally long I didn't get a good look at it as it turned and darted into the woods stepping over the fence as if it wasn't even there I didn't want to believe that I'd seen it Heck, if Anna hadn't started screaming I think I would have been able to convince myself that I had just imagined it I grabbed Emma, pulling her close to me, and trying to shush her My mind was racing, but I knew one thing I needed to call the police The TV suddenly flipped back on The screen showed Emma's empty bedroom As if a camera had been set up outside her closed bedroom door A low gravelly voice spoke We are coming The voice was soft and raspy As if whoever was speaking was trying to whisper and shout at the same time I jerked away from the television Scooping Emma up into my arms as I did She was screaming again Burying her face into my shoulder I remembered seeing a landline in the den So I ran back into the next room I picked up the phone, but didn't hear anything Whatever was messing with me had somehow cut the phone lines Emma clung to me, pressing her face into my leg and screaming hysterically Somehow, above Emma's shrill wails, I heard a faint tapping sound coming from behind me I turned The thing from the backyard was standing right outside the window It had stooped down and was peering through the glass Well, I think it was peering in It didn't have a face It had a blank greenish grey concave as if its face had been removed with an ice cream scoop It was completely and totally smooth and featureless I didn't pick Emma up this time I grabbed her wrist instead With my free hand, I grabbed a poker from alongside the fireplace I ran, pulling Emma along with me I had to find a safe place to hide Emma A place without windows that that thing in the yard could look through We wound up back in the living room And I opened up the closet door The closet held neatly labeled boxes containing toys and stuffed animals There was just enough space for a frightened little girl in the back I pushed Emma into the closet You have to be brave, I told her You have to stay in here and be very quiet and very brave I didn't really have any sort of plan I could hear something scraping against the side of the house The thing in the yard was scratching at the house clawing at the siding My mind was racing a mile a minute. I couldn't seem to hang on to a solid thought Are are you freaked out? Stammered Emma It's gonna be okay. I told her Stay here and be very quiet. I Think she was about to say more, but I shut the closet door. I Turned to the sliding glass door that led to the backyard The thing was walking away from the window It was coming towards me It lumbered along slowly, moving in sharp jerky movements Its arms swung by its sides They looked absurdly short in comparison to its legs Without thinking, I opened the sliding door The thing stopped, tilting its head at me quizzically As if it hadn't expected me to come out of the house I ran towards it, swinging the fireplace poker as hard as I could There was a thick crunching sound as the poker collided with the thing's legs The legs buckled immediately, snapping backwards The thing toppled, shrieking and squealing as it fell It landed hard on what I guess was its rear end It flailed its arms at me But I swung the poker again I felt it collide with the spot where the thing's face should have been The thing stopped screaming and toppled backwards slumping onto the ground The backyard suddenly lit up with light My heart was pounding and adrenaline flooded my body For a brief moment, I thought that the sun had come up I stumbled back, blinking I dropped the poker without fully realizing it People were pouring out of the woods Shouting and screaming at me My legs gave out And the next thing I know, I was sitting on the ground A woman wearing jeans and a t-shirt was screaming at me She had a set of chunky yellow headphones dangling around her neck and what looked like a handheld radio clipped to her belt At first, I thought it was a Walkman She was waving her arms and shouting Even though I could hear her perfectly I couldn't seem to understand her What have you done? She screamed It's a show it's a show, you idiot! Someone pulled the yelling woman away from me. I looked around. The backyard was full of people. Some of the people were holding cameras and boom mics. Anna was there. She was crying. Great heaving sobs racked her body. I remember thinking that she should have been at play practice. A man offered me his hand, and pulled me to my feet The man explained to me that a bunch of seniors at the local college were filming a TV show for their final project It was a prank show, like that one on the sci-fi channel that used to air years ago Someone would call in and suggest a scary prank to play on a friend or family member The prank would be videotaped, and then the whole thing would be broadcasted on the TV show They had actually filmed a few episodes already One showed a boy peeing his pants when a creepy looking clown popped out of his locker And another showed a girl screaming as a masked man with a rubber machete chased her out of a parking garage Anna had called in and pitched a prank to be played on me She would send me to a phony babysitting gig and the guy dressed like Slender Man would terrorize me Emma and the Callahans were all actors Anna had thought that she could impress the students and that they'd let her have a small reoccurring role in the show The man I attacked with the poker was named Jude Plaskett He had been walking on stilts My first blow had broken the stilts but left him basically unharmed My second blow put him in a coma He didn't wake up There was some talk about filing charges against me Luckily that never happened I had been terrified out of my mind And had been convinced that a monster was about to kill both myself and the little child I was supposed to be babysitting Jude's family wound up suing the college and his classmates This happened a little over a week ago Anna still won't talk to me She's furious that I ruined her shot at TV fame I'm pretty mad that she set me up for such an awful prank in the first place I can't sleep at night I keep thinking about the horrendous crunching sound that poker made when it collided with Jude's face And later, I keep thinking that there's something in my backyard I keep waking up to the sound of bushes and trees rustling But when I go to the window, I don't see anything I don't know what I keep expecting to see I don't really want to The Purple Balloon It's times like these that make me wish I could just run away and never look back I want to scream, but I can only cry internally from all the stress my family causes me My father and stepmother always go at each other like a couple of lions fighting over a piece of meat There is no peace And sometimes I wish I could just crawl into a hole And never come out again I desperately pray to God That every day would get a little better But it never does Nothing ever gets better The only thing I look forward to anymore Is sleep The constant oppression And neglect from my stepmother only increases with every passing day Sometimes I can't help but lie in bed, and wonder if my family or friends would even miss me if I went away Would people cry? Or just move on? The only love I remember feeling was from my father But lately Things have taken a turn for the worse The fights have gotten more violent And there were days I would find him crying Praying for a miracle to happen As it grew dark out I realized I'd been sitting in my room Listening to them for several hours I couldn't hear them arguing anymore The damned grating noises of the clock above me only contributed to my frustration That eerie silence heightened my anxiety Until I couldn't take any more I got to the door, and before I could get to the doorknob, it swung open It was my dad Beaten Broken And bruised I gazed up at his tired face, as I slowly walked towards him Then and there, I decided enough was enough And I lost all rational thought as I grabbed his hand I gathered my strength and pushed my way past my stepmother The rage plastered on her face made me panic as I tugged my father to his car I got him into the passenger's seat, and scooted over to the driver's side I frantically locked the doors as I looked for my father's keys I could hear my stepmother growl words as she cursed out my name Alexa! she yelled out in a hoarse voice My only thought was to get my father away from here as fast as I could I panicked as I struggled to find the keys in the little light I had A sudden loud bang on the driver's side window sent me into a state of shock as my eyes snapped back to it I screamed in terror as my stepmother slammed the baseball bat against the window again It must have been enough to finally snap my father out of his haze He suddenly grabbed me and shoved me off the seat He had grabbed his keys from the glove compartment and started the car before speeding off Leaving a trail of smoke and skid marks behind us My panic only heightened as we flew down the road I pleaded with him to slow down But he only sped up more I could feel the car, starting to spin out of control The sudden thrashing shook us both, violently Before I heard glass shattering The seatbelt that had kept me secured broke And suddenly the world went black I felt so isolated the cold hard ground beneath me sent goosebumps along my skin as my eyes snapped open. I was gripped with a sudden feeling of pain as I sat up. My head was pounding from the hard landing. I tried to steady myself and realised that all I could hear was the hollow sound of the car alarm. There wasn't any other noise Even the cool breeze that touched my skin was silent I slowly brought myself to my feet as I looked around Something was wrong Dad? I called out, but there was no answer I hollered out again Still no answer I started to scream over and over again To such an extent that my throat began to hurt Only to hear silence I had to stop before I not only lose my father But my voice as well I was worn out And I couldn't stop rubbing my eyes The more I did, the more the light around me started to fade Into darkness I felt uneasy as I opened my eyes I was suddenly blinded by a single spotlight And everything around me seemed to fade away I could hear a faint jingling sound echo around me that was followed by laughter I could feel my anxiety welling up again as I called out Hoping it was my father Hello? Dad? I waited several minutes but there was no reply It only seemed to confirm my worst fear I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end as an overwhelming presence seemed to appear behind me I turned around quickly and there in colours of blue, magenta and teal stood a towering jester The jester carried a mischievous lazy demeanour He looked bored and quickly took notice that I was standing there He didn't say a word The only sound was the faint jingling of the bell that was tied to the ends of his blue hair I couldn't break my gaze away from him His flamboyant, vibrant features brought out so much life and made him stand out that much more The jester came closer to me with a grin that I wasn't sure I could trust I didn't understand where he came from, or how I came to be in his dark oblivion Without a word, he started to do tricks that would awe anyone One of which made a purple balloon with a smiley face mystically appear in his hand He looked to me again with a smile as he offered it to me I didn't take it from him I didn't know where he came from much less what he was I drew back slightly as my thoughts returned to my father I had to find him I didn't have time for this I turned quickly to move away but he was there in front of me again he looked Disappointed, and shook his head as he offered me the purple balloon again I couldn't stand the eerie silence that was lingering between us Who are you? I asked after gathering my courage The jester still didn't say anything, but pulled out a deck of cards I asked him again And this time he pulled out a card with a letter on it It started to dance around him and with every following question, he would pull out another card I glared at the cards and spelled out the name he presented to me Candy pop I asked the only response he gave me was a wide grin I didn't know why, but each time he smirked, it sent chills down my spine I could feel something was wrong Even if I didn't know what it was He started doing tricks again, and this time he made the big purple balloon disappear I watched as he made a blue lollipop appear, then another and another until he held three of them I wasn't sure what to say or do So I only watched in silence He took my hand and placed the lollipops in my palm And closed his hand around mine Once again he made that same purple balloon reappear And backed away slightly He crouched with his back to me And all I could hear was the sound of plastic being stretched quite a bit When he turned around, he held a flower shaped balloon Candy Pops smile was sweet and kind As he offered me the balloon again I wasn't sure why he was so persistent for me to take a balloon Maybe he was really just trying to befriend me After a moment I finally decided to accept the balloon I examined it before gazing up at Candy Pop His expression had changed from that kind sweet one to something sinister I quickly backed away and hugged the balloon to my chest tightly I started to panic, as my body began to levitate off the ground Higher and higher I couldn't stop myself from floating further into the light above What is this? I whimpered, as I realized I couldn't take my hands off the balloon It felt like it had attached itself to my skin The light above me grew brighter Until all I could see was Candy Pop waving goodbye to me I could see his shadow now And it sent a cold chill over me The shadow showed devilish looking horns and a tail When I tried to look at his face again It was distorted Multiple whispers surrounded me and I felt my head spinning I closed my eyes tightly wishing that whatever it was that was happening would stop Alexa! Alexa! Wake up! Alexa! I could hear my father faintly calling out to me I felt so cold As if I had been dead I was frightened and embraced myself so hard that I popped the balloon without realizing it I opened my eyes slowly and the bright light that had been overhead slowly focused into a street light My father was kneeling next to me Checking me over to see if I was alive Almost immediately, I started to cry, and tried to hug him Before I knew it, we were at the hospital The doctor said it was a miracle we had both survived As much as it hurt, deep down, I was glad we were both far away from my stepmother Three months have passed since the accident But I can't seem to shake the feeling that something is still wrong I'm happy that we both got away from my stepmother and can start over again The rain outside my hospital window has really made this feel like the beginning of something new I have to hide my surprise though as the doctor enters without knocking He was probably back to check on my progress I smile to myself as I watched the doctor's back Once he faces me though My smile quickly falls He was holding something in his hand As he quietly spoke to me You popped the last balloon I gave you But do not worry, Alexa. I got you a new one. Jeff the Killer Changes. As soon as Jeff stepped foot in the new neighbourhood. He knew his family didn't belong there But he seemed to be the only one who noticed His older brother Lou went along like nothing had changed And his parents acted like this new move was the best thing that had ever happened to the family And to make things worse, every second Jeff spent in this place seemed to grind at him Even hearing the distant sounds of kids playing outside, made his stress level rise He shut his window and went downstairs Only to be greeted by his mother's painfully cheery face She announced that she had accepted a very special invitation The whole family was going to attend a birthday party At the neighbors that weekend She just knew that Jeff and his brother would make great friends with the birthday boy Jeff rubbed the back of his neck He felt like something was pulling at him He walked slowly back up to his room And lay on the floor until dinner Staring at the ceiling The fight. The next morning, Jeff and his brother sat on the kerb waiting for the school bus to come They heard a sound behind them and suddenly a kid on a skateboard jumped over them, only inches from their laps The boy skidded to a stop and several other boys lined up behind him He said his name was Randy, and he quickly made things clear He was the leader of a group of bullies And every morning they go around the neighborhood Taking money from kids before the bus arrives Now for all the kids in this neighborhood There is a small price for the bus fare If you catch my drift Jeff and Lou glanced at each other They agreed, they wouldn't go along with it But while Lou answered Randy One of the other bullies darted behind him And snatched his wallet Throwing it to Randy and laughing It was at this point that Jeff did something That surprised even himself He jumped right in Randy's face And demanded the wallet back Randy frowned deeply Obviously not used to anyone talking to him that way He pushed Jeff back and the sharp click of a switchblade Sounded only inches from Jeff's eye What happened next Jeff could not explain other than to say that he suddenly felt superhuman powers surge through him In one smooth move, he punched Randy in the face, then took the knife He then turned to the bullies and demolished them one by one Even stabbing one of the boys in the arm he'd used to take Lou's wallet Jeff stood tall as the bullies writhed on the ground But then he heard the sound of the school bus coming Jeff and Lou immediately started to run, knowing that the other kids would lie and blame them for the whole thing. The birthday party. But there was no running away from what happened later that night. The police came knocking at their door as they questioned Jeff. Lou suddenly charged down the stairs and yelled that it was him who attacked the kids Jeff couldn't believe what he was hearing, what had come over his brother He protested that it couldn't have been Lou But Lou showed the knife as proof that it was him and that was that The police didn't even give them time to say goodbye They just took Lou out to their police car and drove off. Now, Jeff was completely alone, with no one to help take his mind off his strange thoughts. The weekend came, and Jeff's mother danced into his room, chirping that it's the day. He couldn't believe that she expected him to still go to the birthday party after everything that had just happened with Lou. But she insisted, following him around and nagging him that he needed to wear his nicest clothes. He didn't have anything particularly dressy to wear, so he grabbed his nicest white hoodie and hoped that that would be enough. At the party, Randy and his gang showed up, of course. They were there to get even with Jeff. And nothing was going to stop them. They backed Jeff into a corner of the kitchen, while everybody else was outside, watching the birthday boy open presents. Randy was the first to attack, stabbing Jeff in the shoulder and kicking him in the face over and over. Jeff was able to push past Randy But one of the other boys tripped him, grabbing a bottle of vodka and smashing it to pieces over his head. As he lay on the floor, each of the bullies took turns, kicking and taunting him, laughing obnoxiously. It was the laughing that pushed him past his limit. Something snapped inside his mind, and he slowly made himself get up to face the bullies An insane altercation broke out with Jeff killing Randy and then being chased into an upstairs bathroom by two of the other bullies They hit the wall hard and a container of bleach was knocked off falling onto them and soaking into Jeff's skin Jeff felt his newfound superpower surging through him again and used his incredible strength to overpower the bullies. But as a last act, one of the bullies took out a lighter and ignited the vodka covering Jeff's head. He ran screaming out of the bathroom, stumbling down the stairs, and passed out in the kitchen. Go to sleep. Oh honey, I have great news After all the witnesses told the police that Randy confessed to trying to attack you They decided to let Lou go Jeff's mother told him while he was in the hospital Jeff spent the next few weeks in the hospital Hooked up to machines With his face wrapped in white bandages When it came time to take the bandages off His whole family gathered around him for support No one knew what the true extent of the damage to his face was But everyone was hoping for the best He held his breath as the last of the bandages fell to the floor And looked around to his family to see what they thought His mother screamed and started to shake Not good He looked to his father and brother But they just had blank looks on their face. No one said a word to him. He ran to the bathroom to look in the mirror for himself. It was a horror show. His lips were burned to an angry red colour. But the skin on his face was stark white. He ran his fingers gently across his cheek. It had a strange inhuman texture to it. It was then that his brother came to the door of the bathroom Jeff Lou said It's not that bad Not that bad Said Jeff It's perfect Jeff heard a strange noise inside his head Like the buzzing of bees And he couldn't stop laughing His parents were disturbed, but the doctor explained his strange behavior away, saying it was simply shock and the painkillers. The doctor advised his parents to take him home to rest, and if his behavior didn't stabilize in a week or so, to come back. That night... Jeff's mother awoke to the sound of someone crying in the bathroom When she looked in, she saw that Jeff was in there And that he had carved a gruesome smile into his face Jeff looked over to his mother I couldn't keep smiling, Mummy It hurt after a while But now, I can smile forever Jeff's mother noticed his eyes, ringed in black Jeff, your eyes His eyes were seemingly never closing I couldn't see my face I got tired, and my eyes started to close I burned out my eyelids, so I could forever see myself My new face Jeff's mother backs away, and he asks her What's wrong, mummy? Aren't I beautiful? Her voice was shaky, but she told him sure, he was beautiful And that she wanted to get his dad to come see too But when she got into the bedroom, she frantically shook her husband and told him to get the gun Behind her, she suddenly heard Jeff's accusing voice. You lied, mummy. Jeff rushed towards the bed with a knife in hand and murdered them both. Lou startled awake from hearing a strange noise. But when he moved his head out of the blanket to listen, he didn't hear anything. As he fell back asleep, he got a weird feeling that someone was watching him. It was Jeff. He held a knife in one hand, and while Lou looked at it, he used the other hand to cover Lou's mouth. "Shh," said Jeff softly. Just go to sleep. The last thing that Lou saw Was Jeff's psychotic face Looming over him Now Jeff the killer is on the loose Murdering people as they fall asleep The few victims who have escaped Say that they woke up to Jeff standing over them With a knife in hand Smiling his bloody smile Sonic.exe I'm a total Sonic the Hedgehog fan much like everyone else. I like the newer games But I don't mind playing the classics. I don't think I've ever played glitchy or hacked games before and I don't think I want to play any After the experience I had It started on a nice summer afternoon I was playing sonic unleashed. I like how you get to explore the towns in it Until I noticed out of my peripheral vision that the mailman had arrived and put something in my mailbox as usual and left I paused my game to go see what I got in the mail The only thing in the mailbox was a CD case for computers and a note I took it inside I looked at the note first and realized it was from my dear friend Kyle Let's just call him that Whom I haven't heard from in two weeks I know that because I recognize his handwriting Though what was weird was how it looked it looked badly written, and scratchy, and somewhat difficult to read, as if Kyle was having a hard time writing it down, and did it in a hurry. This is what he wrote. Tom. I can't take it any more. I had to get rid of this thing, somehow, before it was too late. And I was hoping you'd do it for me. I can't do it. He's after me, and if you don't destroy this CD, he'll come after you too. He's too fast for me. Please, Tom, destroy this godforsaken disc before he comes after you too. It's too late for me. Destroy the disc, and you'll destroy him. But do it quick, otherwise he'll catch you. Don't ever play the game, it's just what he wants, just destroy it, please, Kyle. Well, that was certainly weird. Even though Kyle is my best friend, and I haven't seen him in two weeks, I didn't do what he asked me. I didn't think that a simple gaming disc would do anything bad to him After all, it's just a game, right? Boy, was I wrong about that Anyway, I looked at the disc and it looks like any ordinary computer CDR disc except it had black marker on it written sonic.exe and it was much unlike Kyle's handwriting meaning that he must have got it from someone else like a pawn shop or eBay When I saw Sonic in writing on the disc I was actually excited and wanted to play it since I'm a big Sonic fan I went up to my room and turned on my computer and put the disc in and installed the game When the title screen popped up, I noticed it was the first Sonic game I was like, awesome! Because like I said earlier, I like the classics The first thing I noticed that was out of place was when I pushed start There was a split second when I saw the title image turned into something much different Something that I now consider horrifying Before cutting to black I remember what the image looked like In that split second Before the game cut to black The sky had darkened The title emblem was rusted and ruined The Sega 1991 Was now instead Sega 666 And the water had turned red, like blood Except, it looked hyper-realistic But the freakiest thing was in that split-second frame Was Sonic His eyes were pitch black And bleeding with two red glowing dots Staring At me And his smile had stretched wider up to the edges of his face I was rather disturbed about the image when I saw it Though I figured that it was just a glitch and forgot about it After it cut to black, it stayed like that for about 10 seconds or so And then another weird thing happened The save file selected from Sonic the Hedgehog 3 popped up And I was like, what the hell? What's this doing in the first Sonic game? Anyway, then I noticed something off The background was the dark cloudy sky of the bad Stardust Speedway level from Sonic CD And there were only three save files The music was the creepy Caverns of Winter music from Earthbound Only it was extended and seemed to have been in reverse, and the image for the save file, where you see a preview of the level you're on, is just red static for all three files. What freaked me out more was the character select. It showed only tails, knuckles, and to my surprise, Dr. Robotnik. Now I was sure something was up. I mean, how can you play as Robotnik in a classic Sonic game, for crying out loud? That's when I realized that this wasn't a glitchy game. It was a hacked game. Yeah, it definitely looked hacked. It was really creepy. But as a smart gamer, I wasn't scared. Or at least, I tried not to be. I told myself that it was just a hacked game and that there's nothing wrong with that Anyways shaking off the creeped out feeling I picked the file one and chose tails and when I selected and got started The game froze for about five seconds and I heard a creepy pixelated laugh that sounded an awful lot like the Kefka guy from Final Fantasy before cutting to black The screen stayed black for about 10 seconds or more Then it showed the typical level title thing Except the simplistic shapes were different shades of red and the text showed only Hill Act 1 The screen faded in and the level title vanished Revealing Tails in Green Hill Zone from Sonic 1 The music was different though. It sounded like a peaceful melody in reverse. I started playing and had Tails running like you would in any of the classic Sonic games What was odd was that as Tails was running along the level there was nothing but flat ground and a few trees for five minutes that was when the peaceful music started to lower down into slow, deep tones very slowly as I kept going I suddenly saw something and I stopped to see what it was it was one of the small animals lying dead on the ground bleeding That was when the music started to slow down Tails had a shocked and saddened look on his face That I never saw him have before So I had him move along And he kept that worried look on his face As he kept moving, I saw more dead animals As Tails moved past them Looking more and more worried as the music lowers I was shocked to see how they all died They looked like somebody had killed them in rather gruesome ways A squirrel was hung on a tree with what appeared to be his entrails hanging out A bunny had all four of his limbs torn off and a duck had its eyes gouged out And it's throat slit I felt sick to my stomach when I saw this massacre And apparently, so did Tails After a few more seconds, there were no more animals And the music seemed to have stopped I still kept Tails to continue After a minute passed, since the music stopped Tails was running up a hill, and then he suddenly stopped It was then that I saw why Sonic was there on the other side of the screen with his back facing Tails and his eyes closed Tails looked happy to see Sonic But then his smile faltered Obviously noticing That Sonic wasn't responding to him Acting as if he was totally oblivious of Tails' presence Tails walked slowly towards Sonic And I noticed that I wasn't even moving my keyboard to make him move So this had to be a cutscene Suddenly I began having a growing feeling of dread as Tails walked closer to Sonic to get his attention I felt that Tails was in danger and something bad was going to happen I heard a faint static growing louder as Tails was but inches away from Sonic and stopped and stuck his hand out to touch him that foreboding feeling in my gut was growing stronger and I felt the urge to tell Tails To get away from Sonic, as the static grew louder Suddenly, in a split second, I saw Sonic's eyes open And they were black, with those red glowing dots Just like in the title image, though there wasn't a smile When that happened, the screen turned black, and the static sound cut out It stayed black for about seven seconds and then white text appeared forming a message saying Hello Do you want to play with me? At this point I was creeped out. I didn't want to continue with the game But my curiosity got the better of me when I was taken to a different level with the level title now saying Hide and Seek This time I was in the Angel Island level from Sonic 3 and it looked like everything was on fire Tails looked as though he was scared out of his wits He actually looked at me and made frantic gestures as if he wanted me to get him out of the area As fast as possible I was starting to get freaked out by this I mean, Tails was actually breaking the fourth wall Trying to tell me to get him out of there So I pressed down on the arrow key as hard as I could And made him run as fast as he could A pixelated version of a creepy theme song you hear in SA2 Was playing as I made Tails trek through the desolate forest trying to help him escape from whatever he was running from. Suddenly, I heard that creepy laugh again. That awful Kefka laugh. Right after ten seconds have passed, as I helped Tails through the forest. Then I started seeing flashes of Sonic, popping everywhere on the screen. Again, with those black and red eyes. The music changed to that suspenseful drowning jingle, as I see Sonic behind Tails, slowly gaining on him. Flying. Sonic wasn't running, he was actually flying. The flying pose his sprite was making looked very similar to Metal Sonic's flying pose in Sonic CD. Except it was just Sonic, and he had the black and red eyes again. Only this time, he had the most deranged-looking grin on his face. He looked as though he was enjoying the torment he was giving the poor little fox as he gained up on him. Suddenly, Tails tripped. Another cutscene. The music stopped and Sonic vanished. Tails lay there and started crying for 15 seconds. The scene was rather upsetting to watch And I kind of teared up myself But then Sonic appeared Right in front of Tails And Tails looked up in horror Blood started to drip down from Sonic's blackened eyes As a grin slowly grew on his face As he looked down at the horrified fox I could do nothing but watch Just in a split second, Sonic lunged at Tails, right before the screen went black There was a loud screeching noise that only lasted for a few seconds Then text returned Only this time, it said You're too slow Want to try again? And then that god-awful laugh came with it I was so shocked with what had happened Did Sonic murder Tails? No, he couldn't have He and Tails were supposed to be best friends Right? Why would Sonic do that to him? I shook the shock off as I was brought back to the character select screen The save file that had Tails was different Tails was no longer in the box itself but in the TV screen instead which was flickering with that red static Tails expression scared me his eyes were black and bleeding his orange fur had gone black and he had an expression of anguish on his face trying to ignore it I picked Knuckles next the laugh came again And the screen cut to black once more, and stayed there for another 10 seconds This time the level said You can't run I was really freaked out now I couldn't really tell if it was a glitch, or a hack, or some kind of sick twisted joke But despite my fear of what would happen next, I kept playing The next level looked much different It had the ground of the scrap brain zone But the sky background looked like the main menu It had the dark reddish cloudy sky But the music was what creeped me out the most It sounded like the Gigas theme right after you beat Pokey in Earthbound I also noticed that knuckles looked afraid just like tails did Though not as much More rather he looked a little unnerved He broke the fourth wall just like tails and looked at me as if he wasn't sure about what was going on But I made him move forward anyway He ran down the straight pathway in this dark level and as he did The screen started to flicker red static a couple times, and then the maddening laugh came again After a few seconds of running, I noticed several bloodstains on the metallic ground I felt a growing sense of fear again, thinking something horrible is going to happen to Knuckles He looked nauseated walking down this bloodstained road But I kept him going Suddenly as Knuckles ran Sonic appears right in front of him with those black and red eyes And then red static appeared again Then the static vanished showing nothing but black screen with text saying found you I was scared now Sonic found Knuckles already? What was going on? Anyway, Red Static came again and then I was back to the level Knuckles looked like he was panicking and Sonic was nowhere to be found And this time, that high-pitched squealing from Silent Hill 1's final boss was playing Was this some kind of boss battle with Sonic? I hoped to God it wasn't Suddenly, Sonic appeared, right behind Knuckles, in what appeared to be pixelated black smoke I made Knuckles turn, and then punch Sonic But Sonic suddenly vanished, before I could even land a hit That terrible laugh went off again Then Sonic appeared behind Knuckles And I made him punch again, but Sonic vanished, laughing Knuckles was panicking even more, and even I felt like I was going crazy Sonic was practically playing with us He was playing a sick twisted mind game with me and Knuckles Another cutscene played as Knuckles fell to his knees, clutching his head and sobbing I felt his agony Sonic was actually driving us both crazy And then in a split second, Sonic lunged at Knuckles, and the screen went black With another distorted screeching noise that lasted for at least 3 seconds Another message appeared in text So many souls to play with So little time Would you agree? What the hell? Just, what is going on? I started to think Sonic was actually trying to talk to me through the game But I was too scared to believe that I was brought back to the main menu And this time, the second file box had Knuckles in the TV screen His red fur was darkened to a reddish grey His dreadlocks were dripping with blood And his eyes were black, and bleeding too He had a look of sadness on his face I began to think that those are the actual characters trapped in those TV screens on the save files But I couldn't believe it I didn't want to believe it So I shut off the game, and took a break I took a nap, but I wish I hadn't Cause I then began having the most disturbing nightmare I was in pitch black darkness Though I was under the light given off by a lamp that hung high above my head I could hear the cries of Knuckles and Tails nearby They were saying things like Help us And Why did you give us to him? Run away, before he gets you too. Their cries died out As I heard Sonic laugh His sick, twisted laugh You're a lot of fun to play with, kid Just like your friend Kyle Though he didn't last long I was scared And looked around for the source of the voice Won't be long now Until you join him and all my other friends. I saw him walking towards me, flickering in and out in several directions. You can't run, kid. You're in my world now, just like the others. He then grabbed me, and I saw his bleeding black and red eyes and grinning face. I woke up with a fright After a couple of hours I decided to continue playing the game I don't know why But I had to know I had to figure out why this was happening So I turned on the computer Turned on the game And selected Robotnik next I still thought it was wacky playing as Robotnik But anyway The level title appeared again, and this time it said Dot 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 Which I found really freaky This time it was some kind of hallway It didn't really look like it was from any classic Sonic games Though it has the pixelated style The floor was shiny and checkered The walls were dark greyish-purple with animated candles flickering their light gently And a few dark bloodstains here and there There was a dark red curtain hanging above on the top part of the screen Every 12 seconds or so, that red curtain sways very slowly But whenever you're playing the game, you can barely see it move The music was oddly pleasant A piano playing a rather sad yet peaceful song But I knew better It was the song that played in Silent Hill 1 Only it was in reverse Robotnik didn't look entirely nervous like Tails and Knuckles did But he did have a suspicious look on his face As if he was just a bit paranoid He did a little animation when I left him standing He turns his head from left to right, at least twice And then shrugs at me As if he has no idea where he was, or what was going on Even though I was scared out of my mind about what was going to happen I had Robotnik continue onward He did his usual running animation You know When you beat him at the end of a classic Sonic game, and you chase him After walking down the hallway for a while, we came upon a flight of stairs leading downward Now, I was nervous Even Robotnik seemed unsure of himself Though I pressed onward As I led Robotnik down the stairs, I noticed that the walls had gotten darker And more red The red light of the torches was now an eerie blue Then we landed onto another hallway This one was longer than the last one Or at least it felt like it And we headed down another flight of stairs This one much longer It took at least one full minute And then I heard that horrible Kefka laugh and the music slowly faded until it was quiet As it did, the walls grew even darker and the torches were now just black flames When Robotnik landed onto the third hallway I noticed he now looked really creeped out though he tried to hide it I couldn't blame him I was scared too Suddenly Sonic popped right in front of Robotnik, the same way he did to Knuckles And then, there was red static It lasted for about 15 seconds And then it showed me the most unpleasant image The image was of a hyper-realistic Sonic Standing in the darkness Where you can only see his face While his head and torso fade into black And when I say hyper-realistic I mean like He looked so real, you could actually see the lines in his blue fur As if you could actually feel the fur, if you touched the screen His face Oh God He had the most horrifying smile I had ever seen His eyes are wide and black And once again, crying blood Which also looked hyper-realistic And there were two small glowing red dots in those black eyes Staring right at me As if staring into my mind His grin was wide and demonic It literally stretched to the sides of his face like a Cheshire cat Except Sonic had fangs Very sharp fangs Much like the werehog's teeth Except more vicious looking Somewhat yellowish and from the look of it He had stains of blood and small bits of flesh on his lips and fangs as if he had eaten some animal I stared at that gruesome image for a good 30 seconds Never taking my eyes off it. I felt as if he was actually looking at me smiling at me That face It only took seconds for it to etch into my brain for good Then the screen flickered with red static three times and on the third time I heard the Kefka laugh Except this time it sounded distorted demonic even It went back to the image again except this time there was text though it was messed up It was pretty much the most horrifying thing I'd seen since I played this game I am God It was when I read that message while looking at Sonic that it hit me I realized right then and there This Sonic was a monster A pure evil, sadistic, all-powerful, nightmarish, demented monster And all of his victims Including Tails, Knuckles, Robotnik, and possibly Kyle, are just his little toys And the game is the very gateway into his chaotic, nightmarish world And the very hell his victims are trapped in Suddenly, in a split second, I screamed (laughs) as Sonic lunged at the screen Screeching loudly, with his mouth wide open to an unnatural length Revealing nothing but a literally spiraling abyss of pure darkness before the red static came again This time much louder and distorted so loud that it hurt my ears I yelled and grabbed my ears as the red static screeched for a good seven seconds Then it stopped and showed nothing but a black screen I sat there staring at the screen One last text message came up Ready for round two, Tom The Kefka laugh now sounded more clear As if Sonic was right behind me It played again three times As I looked at the text in shock and confusion Then I got booted back to the main menu And this time, the third save file had a TV image of Robotnik In the same tormented state as Tails and Knuckles Robotnik's skin had turned a dull grey His moustache drooped and had blackened His glasses broken and blood was dripping from his eyes And he had a deathly expression on his face I looked at Tails, Knuckles, and Robotnik, and I cried a bit I pitied them for the agony they're going through They were forever trapped within the game Forever tormented by that horrid hedgehog And always will be Then the computer shut itself off And I couldn't turn it back on No matter what I did I sat there for maybe 25 seconds Horrified by what had happened Sonic was the very embodiment of evil He tortures people who play his games in more ways than one And when he gets bored He drags you into the game Literally drags you to hell Where he can play with you always As his toy I can't get the game out of my computer. I think it's stuck in there, but at least I managed to turn it back on now After I sat there for a while. I heard a voice right behind me like a whisper Try to keep this interesting for me Tom I turned around to see where the voice came from, and what I saw made me scream. Sitting on my bed, staring at me, was a sonic plushie, smiling with bloodstains under its eyes. Tiki Toby. The long road seemed to go on and on The road continued to outstretch in front of the vehicle endlessly The light that shone through the branches of the tall green trees danced across the window in random patterns Every once in a while Obnoxiously shining in your eyes The surrounding was full of deep green trees forming a forest around the road The only sound was of the car's engine, as it travelled down the path It was peaceful and let off a serene feeling Although the ride seemed like a nice one, it lacked any form of nice for both passengers The middle aged woman behind the steering wheel had neat short brown hair that fitted her complexion quite well she wore a green v-neck t-shirt and a pair of blue jeans. Diamond stud earrings decorated each of her ears, which particularly showed from behind her haircut. She had deep green eyes, which were brought out by her shirt, and the lighting seemed to make them more noticeable. There wasn't much significance to her appearance. She just looked like any average mother that you'd see on TV shows and such But one thing for sure made her different from those average mothers And that was the dark bags under her eyes Her facial expression was gloomy and sad Although she genuinely looked like she smiled a lot She would sniffle every once in a while and occasionally glance back in the rearview mirror to look back at her son, in the back seat, who was hunched over his arms held tight around his chest and his head pressed against the cold window the boy lacked any normal appearance anyone could blandly see that something was wrong with him his messy brown hair went in every which way and his pale, almost grey skin brought out by the luminescent lighting His eyes were dark, unlike his mother's, and he wore a white t-shirt and scrub pants that had been provided to him by the hospital. The clothes he had worn before were so shredded and bloodstained, they weren't really wearable anymore. The right side of his face bared a few cuts, along with his split eyebrow. His right arm was bandaged up. All the way to his shoulder, which had been shredded when his right side had hit the shattered glass His injuries appeared to be painful When really, he couldn't feel a thing He never could feel a thing That was just one of the glories about being him One of the many challenges he had faced growing up was growing up with the rare disease that caused him to be completely numb towards pain. Never before had he felt himself get hurt. He could have lost an arm and felt nothing. And another major disorder he had faced was one that deemed him many insulting nicknames in the short time he attended grade school before he was moved to homeschooling was his Tourette's syndrome which caused him to tick and twitch in ways he couldn't control He would crack his neck uncontrollably and twitch every once in a while The kids would tease him and call him Ticky Toby and mock him with exaggerated twitching and laughing It got so bad, he turned to homeschooling It was hard for him to be in a common learning environment With seemingly every kid poking Or more like stabbing fun at him Toby stared blankly out of the window His face was empty of any depictable emotion And every few minutes his shoulder, arm, or foot would twitch Every bump the car tires hit made his stomach turn Toby Rogers was the boy's name and the last time Toby remembered riding in a car was when it crashed that's all he could think about unconsciously replaying everything that he remembered before he blacked out over and over again Toby had been the lucky one When his sister hadn't been so lucky When the thought of his older sister came back He couldn't help but let his eyes tear up The horrible memories replayed in his mind Her screaming that had been cut off when the front of the car was smashed in It all went blank for a moment Before Toby opened his eyes to see his sister's body Her forehead pierced with glass shards Her hips and legs crushed under the force of the steering wheel Her torso pushed in from the late inflated airbag This was the last thing he had seen of his dear sister The road home continued for what seemed like forever It took so long to get home Due to his mother wanting to avoid passing the site of the crash When the surroundings gave in to a familiar neighbourhood They had both been more than ready to get out of the car and step back into their own home It was an older neighbourhood with quaint little houses all next to each other The car drove in front of a little blue house with white window panes They both quickly noticed the old vehicle that was parked in front of the house And the familiar figure who stood in the driveway Toby felt automatic anger and frustration take over him at the sight of his father His father who wasn't there His mother pulled the car up into the driveway beside him before turning off the engine, and preparing to step out and face her husband Why is he here? Toby said quietly, as he looked back at his mother, who was reaching to open the car door He's your father, Toby He's here because he wants to see you His mother responded with a monotone voice, trying to sound less shaky Yet he couldn't have driven up to the hospital, to see Lyra, before she died? Toby narrowed his eyes out of the window. He was drunk that night, honey. He couldn't drive. Yeah, when is he not? Toby pushed open the door before his mother and stumbled out onto the driveway, where he met his father's gaze, before looking down at his feet with a stern expression His mother stepped out from behind him and met her husband's eyes before walking around the car His father opened his arms expecting a hug from his wife when she walked past him and put her arm around Toby's shoulder and influenced him to begin walking inside Connie, her husband began to say under a raspy voice No welcome home hug, huh? She ignored her husband's obnoxious words and walked past him with her son under her arm Hey, he's 16! He can walk himself! His father began to follow them in He's 17! Connie glared back at him before opening the door to the house and stepping inside Toby, why don't you go to your room? Get some rest, okay. I'll come get you when dinner is ready No, I'm 16. I can walk myself Toby said sarcastically and glared back at his father before stumbling up the small staircase and Turning into his room where he slammed the door violently His little room didn't have much in it just a small bed a dresser a window And his walls had a few picture frames of his family Back when they were a family Before his father became an alcoholic And acted violently towards the rest of his family Toby remembered when he was arguing with his mother And he grabbed her by the hair And shoved her to the floor And when Lyra had tried to break it up He pushed her And she hit her back On the corner of the kitchen counter Toby could never forgive him for what he had done to his mother and sister Never Toby didn't care how much his father beat him now He couldn't feel it anyway What he did care about was how he intentionally hurt the only two people he cared about And when he was waiting in the hospital where his sister took her last few breaths The only person who didn't rush there, was his dad Toby stood in the window and looked out onto the street He could have sworn he saw things out of the corner of his eye But quickly blamed it on the medication he had been put on When dinner time came around and his mother called up to him Toby came down the stairs and hesitantly sat down at the table across from his father and in between his mother and an empty chair It was quiet as his parents picked at their food But Toby refused to eat Instead he just watched his dad with a blank stare His mother caught on to his stare towards his father and Elbowed him slightly Toby glanced over at her and looked down at his uneaten food Which he didn't touch Toby lay in bed He pulled his covers up to his head and stared at the window He was tired, but there was no way he would fall asleep He couldn't there was too much to think about He had been debating on whether or not to follow his mother's directions and forgive his father Or to continue holding a grudge with boiling hatred He heard his door creak open And his mother padded into the room and sat on the bed next to him She reached over and rubbed his back which had been turned to her I know it's hard Toby, trust me, I understand, but I promise you it will get better, she said softly. When is he going to leave, Toby said with an innocent tone in his shaky voice. Connie let her gaze fall down to her feet, I don't know honey. He's staying as far as I know, she replied Toby didn't respond He just continued to look forward at the wall Holding his damaged arm near his chest After a few minutes of silence His mother sighed Before she leaned in to kiss his cheek And stood up to walk out of the room Good night, she said, as she closed the door Three hours passed slowly, and Toby couldn't quit tossing and turning Every time he let his imagination take over, he heard the screeching of tires, the screaming of his sister And he would uncontrollably jerk in bed He threw off his covers, laying on his back He pulled his pillow over his face and cried into it He could feel his chest rise and fall as he let out each shaky breath as he cried He could hear his own pitiful weeping He would have been screaming and crying if he didn't press his pillow over his face After a few seconds, he threw the pillow off his face and sat up, hunched over in bed Holding his head and breathing roughly, tears streaming from his eyes He couldn't help but cry He tried to keep it in, but he couldn't help but whine and whimper as he sat there shaking He inhaled before he stood up and walked around his bed to the window and peered out taking deep breaths to try to calm down he rubbed his eyes and looked out at the group of tall pine trees across the street he stopped suddenly and his gaze slowly centered on something standing under the street light he heard ringing in his ears couldn't look away. The figure stood beside the streetlight, about two feet shorter than it, long arms draped at its sides as it stared at him with non existent eyes. The figure had no features whatsoever no eyes, no mouth, no nose yet it held Toby's hypnotized stare, seemingly peering into his very being. The ringing in his ears grew louder and louder every second he stared, before suddenly, it all went black The next morning, Toby awoke in his bed He felt different He wasn't tired at all And when he consciously woke up, it felt like he had been lying there, awake for hours He had no thoughts flowing through his mind He sat up slowly and stumbled over to the wall But when he stood up, he automatically felt dizzy He stumbled to the doorway and walked down the stairs His parents were sitting at the table His father was in tune with the small TV that sat on the countertop And his mother reading the newspaper She quickly looked over when she felt Toby's presence looming behind her Well, good morning sleepyhead, you've been asleep forever She greeted him with a hesitant smile Toby slowly looked over at the clock and noticed it was 12.30pm I made you breakfast, but it got cold I was going to wake you, but I felt you needed the sleep Her expression fell from happy to worried, as her son resisted responding to her Are you alright? Toby stumbled over and sat by his father He felt as if he was on idle He had no control over his actions He was seeing everything he did But it didn't seem to register in his brain properly He reached out to his father's arm But his hand ended up getting slapped away His father turned to him abruptly and pushed his chair over with his foot Don't touch me boy, he yelled His mother stood up Alright, knock it off That's the last thing we need The days went by And things continued as they were Connie spent most of her time cleaning up the house And her rude husband spent most of his time ordering her around It was just how it used to be before the crash Toby never really left his room He would sit by his bed and tremble His mind would wander, but his thoughts changed too fast to be remembered He would pace around his small room, like a caged animal, or stare out the window The unhealthy cycle continued Connie continued to be pushed around by her husband, being way too submissive to him And Toby remained in his room Before he could think twice, he would begin to chew on his hands Tearing the flesh from his fingers He would gnaw his hands until they bled When his mother walked in on him while he was doing so she reacted horribly She rushed him downstairs and grabbed the first aid Wrapping his hands in it She demanded that he wouldn't leave her side from then He isolated himself so much That he grew to hate being around others His memory grew glitchy as well He'd started missing memories of minutes, hours, days, and so on He would begin talking nonsense About things completely unrelated to conversations he would have He'd go off about seeing things, sharks in his sink As he washed the dishes Hearing crickets in his pillows And seeing ghosts outside his bedroom window All the nonsense landed him in a counselor's office His mother grew too anxious about his mental health She decided it would be good for him to talk to a professional about what he was feeling Connie walked Toby into the building Holding his hand and guiding him in. She walked him up to the front desk and began talking to the lady who sat behind it. Miss Rogers? the lady asked. Yes, that's me. Connie nodded. We're here to see Dr. Oliver. I'm here with Toby Rogers. "Uh, Yes, right this way. The lady stood up and led them down a long hallway Toby looked at the framed artwork down the halls and tuned in to the sound of the lady's high heels on the hardwood floor She opened the door to a room with a table and two chairs If we can get him to sit in here for a few minutes I'll get the doctor She smiled and held the door open Toby stumbled into the room and sat down at the table. He looked over at his mother and the lady before the door slowly shut behind them. He looked around the room before he held up his tightly bandaged hands and began to bite at the bandages to unwrap his hands, but was interrupted as the door swung open And a woman in a black and white spotted dress and light blonde hair stepped in, holding a clipboard and a pen Toby, she asked with a smile Toby looked up at her and nodded Nice to meet you Toby, my name is Dr. Oliver She put her hand out for him to shake, but hesitantly pulled it away when she noticed his bandaged hands Oh She smiled nervously before clearing her throat and sitting in the chair across the table from him So I'm going to ask you a few questions Try to answer them as honestly as possible Okay? She placed her clipboard down on the table Toby nodded slowly And held his restrained hands in his lap. How old are you Toby? 17. He responded quietly. She wrote that down on the paper that was clipped to the clipboard. What is your full name? Toby Aaron Rogers. What is your birthday? April 28th. Who is your immediate family? Toby paused for a minute before answering her question. My mum. My dad. And... He stopped. My sister. I heard about your sister, dear. I'm really sorry. Her expression faded into a sad, pity-filled look. Toby nodded. Do you remember anything about the crash, Toby? Toby looked away from her. His mind went blank for a moment. He looked down at his lap, and in the surrounding, he heard a faint ringing sound. His eyes widened, and he froze in his place. Toby? Toby? The counsellor asked Toby, are you listening? Toby felt a shiver go down his spine Until he froze once again And slowly looked over, out the window, through the door Where he saw it A dark, featureless figure Peering in at him He stared Eyes widening, the ringing growing louder and louder until suddenly the loud voice of the counsellor broke his trance Toby! She yelled Toby jumped and fell sideways out of his chair and backed up into the corner Dr. Oliver stood up, holding her clipboard to her chest, a surprised look in her eyes Toby met her eyes again His breath hitching as he twitched That night, Toby lay in bed his eyes dazed as he stared up at his ceiling He could feel himself begin to doze off When he heard the scattered footsteps down his hallway He sat up and looked towards the doorway, his door wide open. There was no light. Everything was lit by the luminescent blue glow of the moon through his window, leaving a cold, eerie lighting. He stood